0: We actually reached out to a bunch of podcasters, and it's basically Nightlyn and I will talk about the show for like five minutes in the beginning of it, and then it's all just us doing Q and A's with different people.
1: Yeah, I think that's sick. Yeah,
0: and it's weird because I think you and I have been on two or three collabs together.
1: Uh, yeah, it's a good question. Co- oh, uh, 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 yeah, I think only we did the one for big campaign stories and then and then I you were played. in mine. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Okay. It feels like more than that. I don't know why. It does. Well, I guess so, part cuz we had to make my character. So we talked about that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um so I'm basically just going to kind of inter- like I'm going to kind of introduce you.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, whatever works.
0: Yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and get that started. So give me one sec to get the the Dan the GM brain juices going. Yeah. Uh, God. Okay. Hey, hey everyone. Uh, this is Dan the GM, and I am with actually someone that I have collabed with a couple of times, and has become actually one of my favorite people to collab with because we just synergize so well together, and it is scary how well it happens. I would like to introduce you to the GM of Dying Five. So, tell us, who the hell are you?
1: Hello, hello. Thank you. I am Jack. As you said, I am the the GM for Dying Five. And yeah, I don't know, it it was... uh, In a weird way, Eddie's been a part of both of the things I've done with you. Just one of the times he was your player character, and then the other time he was uh, a very important NPC.
0: Yeah, that is... That is, I I feel bad for you, because you had to deal with Sparks.
1: Nah, he's great. I love him. <laughs> I think, you know, some characters might not love him, but I think both of my characters didn't have too much of an issue with him.
0: Yeah, Sparks is one of those characters that uh, you, you like him, or he just drives you absolutely nuts.
1: Yeah, I think you either love him, or you love to hate him, and there's no, yeah. no real middle ground.
0: Oh, who, who is it? Um... <sighs> It's like um, like the tick. Either the th- you love the tick or he drives you nuts.
1: Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. It's
0: really dating my age. That is scary. Um, so we're going to get away from that, and we're going to get on yeah. to the fun part, which is the interview. Yep. So this is probably maybe the second or third interview that our listeners are listening to. So Sweet. Everyone knows the routine. You get to roll a d6, and that will determine... What kind of question we're going to ask And then you roll a d4 And that is the actual question we ask Okay So uh, let's get started
1: D6 first you said. Yes please One Starting out
0: with a one So this question is going to be a show based question Okay So uh, let's get that d4 roll
1: Another one Wonderful (laughs)
0: Okay. So, um how did you come up with your show name?
1: Uh that's a good question. Um we had so in we play Pathfinder 2nd edition and in Pathfinder there is a condition when you're dying called dying uh, and once it goes to 4 you die if you have a feat uh, you die when it goes to 5. But so um we I just took that, and we were like, there's five of us, I guess, so we'll just call it Dying Five. And then um, we made the dying, like an actual die, D-I-E, um, instead of how you normally spell dying. So it was pretty, not a lot of thought put into it on like a grand scale, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. But I like it because it's... it's uh, Insider kind of relates to the system, but also you don't hear it and immediately think Pathfinder in case, like you guys are doing, you ever want to do a different system, right? Um, yeah. It'd be one thing if we were, I don't know, Pathfinder 5 or something. I don't know, whatever. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I can't think of many podcasts that have like a name that will stick you into a single system.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of ones that are very close to like Dungeons and Dragons like it's yeah. like Dungeons and Daddies which is like Yeah. Uh, I mean you could play something else but it's very clearly like Dungeons and Dragons and stuff yeah. like that I guess. But I feel like the further you away you get from using Dungeons and Dragons the less because I mean the main reason you'd want to use a Dungeons and Dragons name is because it's so freaking huge I guess.
0: Yeah, kind of get that like immediate and I mean to be honest that's honestly why we started with Pathfinder was You know, I wanted something that people would relate to, Mm -hmm. and then I realized how crunchy and difficult Pathfinder is when you're trying to learn the rules while running a show, Mm -hmm. and 172 episodes later, I still kind of go, what was that rule? I still don't understand. I still do not fully understand the CMD, CMB. Mm -hmm. Like, I know once for defense, once for attack, and I just, at some point, I just went, I don't care.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times, like, sometimes it's the simple things. When you have such a very rules-dense, in-a-way system, you forget some of the basic stuff. Like, they, like some there's a spell one of our characters uses, like, all the time. And every time I'm like, what does that do again?
0: Because
1: yeah. my brain's flooded with so many things. And, yeah.
0: What kills me is, uh, so in our show, like, Kalila gets to these higher levels and she's a hunter. And I'm sitting there going, okay, you know, it makes sense, hunters... You know should have some kind of magic you know mm. like druid like you know talk to animals things like that no fireballs and fire orb and lightning
1: <laughs> storm and i'm just like how does yeah. this
0: make sense
1: yeah for uh, pathfinder first edition is some pretty wild like I, I, yeah they're just like scaling of when classes get spells and what level max spells you get to and stuff is everywhere it seems like, which yeah. was, you know, pros and cons, but. Yeah. So, um,
0: but yeah, no, I, I actually, I think we actually talked about like how your show name came about during like one of our like kick around waiting for people during like a collab. Like I think yeah. we all got talking about all of the like, ours uh-huh. just came from a joke. Yours came from like, you know, kind of trying to relate to your system, but not like it's a weird roundabout twisty kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And I know you homebrew just as much as we do.
1: Yeah. 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 I, um, yeah, it's so interesting because homebrews can mean so many things, right? Like there can be Mm -hmm. somebody who homebrews and like puts out custom classes that aren't in the system. Most Mm -hmm. of my homebrew is just, I mean, I do mechanic stuff, but I, I, I've realized that the longer I do the show, at least for the show with the time I have, I have a lot more fun putting together the already made parts and maybe tweaking them a bit than I do like let me come up with a completely unique um, class or feat line or archetype or um, I make a lot of items but that's because they're quick and easy they're just items yeah um, I mean we got a whole Maximilian shop so yeah yep so but yeah uh, most of the homebrew comes from Pathfinder Second Edition has a very not Set is the word, but it's, it has a very beloved base system, Galarian, mm-hmm. which is uh, first editions, also is the system. They're just in different spots in time. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how it works. Yeah. I've never really, I've literally never, which isn't a dog on people who do, but I've never GM'd not in my own homebrew thing for like longer campaigns. That's just where I find the fun in it. So that's where a lot of our it, homebrew comes from it's just like well this isn't a thing in normal galarian so i guess i have to make a stat block for it or something like that
0: yeah i threw all that out the window i don't even like i think we ended up we didn't even name the world until like i think 15 episodes in when i was writing something nightland and i named the world near tova because i wanted to call it earth but i didn't want to call it earth yeah and i and then we called it like terra nova and i'm like i don't like it and Nightland went Spoonerism went Niratova, Tova and I went I like it and then it stuck mm. and that was you know a long time ago <laughs> three years yeah. ago now? something like that
1: yeah I, I, yeah it's, it's kind of, of crazy oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Go ahead. no no
0: no go for it this is your interview do you talk all you that's, want
1: that's fair I was gonna say it's kind of crazy how sometimes uh, I don't know if, if you do this in prep as well but when I'm prepping I'll be like oh I'll like prep a whole thing that will lead them to this place Or whatever, I don't know, like a bar or something. I go through all of the prep and then we get to the session. I'm like, oh, I didn't even name the bar. I've just been calling it the bar. Um, Mm -hmm. There's so many, I do that so many times. Or like, here's this important character that I have all this backstory for. And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't give them a name. They're just like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) stuff like that I do all the time. Um, So I've, I've taken it upon myself to kind of like I skim through my notes all the time I do like a read through Mm -hmm. before we record so I can tell if I'm like oh that I completely forgot about that or whatever
0: Mm, I I should probably do that nah nah let's do it yeah I don't
1: do it every time I don't yeah exactly (laughs) right it's a lot of work so I don't get to it every time but
0: so speaking of homebrew I I gotta say one of my absolute favorite homebrew I guess yeah it had to be homebrew because I don't recognize it from anything else was uh I mean, this is probably going to be back in, I think it was in your season one, was the the fruit. The, the oh. body fruits. Yeah. Like, the way your team handled that was just so great. Just that, like...
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah.
0: And it was an interesting concept, because I know that in some, not necessarily, like, Pathfinder D&D, but oh, mm-hmm. there's a couple of games that refer to elves as, like, cannibals.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, and I, I, I got it from... It's a twisted idea from if anyone's played the Divinity Original Sin game. That, that was it. That was it. Yes. The elves eat and get memories from them. And I was like, that's yes. a little too metal for what I'm going for, or hardcore. So, yeah. <laughs> and it, uh, it all started from... I'm glad you brought this up because this is one of my favorite things about the first season and I'm sure you know as a GM, sometimes there's little things that get brushed over and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I wanted to talk about that more. But it all started because uh, one of the Dune elves, which are the Wood Elves, I'll just call them Wood Elves, that were in, away from the actual Wood Elf tribe or whatever, um, a lot of people thought they she was a cannibal, but that just comes from ancestrally the elves die and then they become one with mlj which is their big like spirit tree that they worship or whatever and then uh the tree bears fruit that is those ancestors that they eat whenever a new keeper is crowned which are the leaders of the tribe um and then they got to do that which was very fun it was also it's it's I love giving things to players that are like, here's a wonderful roleplay opportunity, go wild. Like, eating a fruit that makes you experience an incredibly strong emotion running the whole gambit is like such a fun thing to just hand your player and be like, do whatever you want with it.
0: Didn't one of them like eat multiple fruits? I'm trying to remember. Like... Yeah,
1: yeah, one of them's a glutton, Raiji, so I think he just went and ate. He said, I'm going to eat as much as I can. And I was yeah. like, okay, go, go for it. <laughs> they won't stop you. And then after a while, he was like, I'll just eat normal food. And I was like, I said, that's a good call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <sighs> so let's get another roll of the die. Let's go with another D6.
1: Three. Finally, not a one. Okay. So, uh, and another one? No, finally, not oh. another one. I actually yeah coincidentally roll two threes now. So three, three. <laughs> and then
0: you said the D4 is a three, two. Yes. All right. So with a three, you get to be asked a what the dice special question. And with number three, what is your least favorite color?
1: Yellow. It's always, always been. I've never liked yellow. I like, don't Are really... we talking
0: the, the full gambit yellow or are we talking like a specific yellow?
1: There's some yellows that I'm more okay with. I think the darker the yellow, the better, the more okay mm-hmm. with it I am. And I don't even, I wouldn't even say I hate it. Um, It's not one of those things where I'm like, I despise a color. It's -hmm. just like, given any other option, I would pick every other color over it, if that makes sense, in terms of like, I like the aesthetic of most other colors more. I, I appreciate for what it does in some, not settings, but in some, like sometimes yellow goes good with things and sometimes yellow like... It's not like I I think about it in like DM prep. It's not like I'm never making a character that wears yellow or something. I mean, one of the characters is a freaking sunflower, so yeah. Uh, obviously well, I mean, you, yellow, just, but... you
0: you describe him mostly as mostly plant.
1: Yeah. Yep. Like, this yeah, is he's correct. A
0: sunflower, but he is like mostly like a giant walking stalk.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. So mostly green. That's how I got out of that one. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Yellow just doesn't. <laughs> it just doesn't do it for me as much as others.
0: So I need to go out and find some, like, neon yellow dice
1: and send them to you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, that I think about it, like, highlighter yellow might be my least favorite. Yeah. I think that's, like, how to put it in perspective. That's my least favorite kind of yellow, which is so the least favorite The color. more
0: fluorescent, the less you like it.
1: Yeah. Specifically with yellow. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of fluorescent colors in general, I guess. I got nothing against those. Just yellow, I guess. Mm-hmm. This is turning into my anti- yeah, I'm going to get canceled because I hate yellow. All the people who love yellow are going to come after me. It's
0: wonderful. Oh, well, just, just tell them that the banana did you wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's why uh, purple is actually my favorite color. So That's why I like the What the Dice, all your guys' visuals so Oh, much. yeah, because, because our colors is everywhere.
0: Uh, yeah, it's our, our primary is purple. Our secondary is like a golden orange, yep. like a, a deep yeah. orange. And then there's a churchy-airy color, but I don't remember what that is because that's... Nightlands are yeah. artists, and she's just like, "What do you think of this?" And I'm like, "It's pretty." Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Which that two color combination, like a a a purple and then a goldish tinted color, mm-hmm. uh, like oranges or yellowish gold, is, I think, my favorite color combination. So
0: nice. Yeah. Yeah, I I know that we, like, it took us forever to pick our colors. <laughs> I think we went through like five different types of swatches when we were designing it was a little nuts but,
1: yeah yeah colors yeah. are crazy there's so much color theory stuff out there i'm like what yeah
0: what yeah nightland actually has her uh, degree in art and she her master's mm-hmm. was like a focus on like how colors affect the human emotions yeah or something like that so she that that's her field and like she's like what do you think of these colors it's like they're pretty yeah i'll just yeah. stay away from this conversation because i'll be wrong
1: yeah yeah Maybe she can. You want to roll again? I uh, I don't like yellow. I was saying maybe she can tell me what it means that I don't like yellow. Um. Yeah. I got a four. That that would be a a four. Yes. Okay. And also a four. I'm rolling
0: four and a four. Back
1: to backs today.
0: Oh, so you get another show-based question. Okay. And this one's a doozy.
1: What is the hardest
0: thing about running or being apart? of a podcast?
1: Hmm. What's the hardest thing? Uh, Man. That's a tough question. I can think of... I don't know. There's a lot of things that are hard, but I kind of appreciate them for being hard because I've told the guys this all the time, my players, is that... I've always I've been creative my whole life. I've done a lot of creative endeavors. The podcast is, is the thing that I've poured the most time to and really stuck with because, a it's on a schedule. We release it every week. Um, whereas before I never really had everything I did like, music or drawing whatever. It never like I never had a release schedule right. So I never had to be like I have to do this tonight otherwise the podcast doesn't come out tomorrow whatever. So that has been hard, but I've appreciated it for being hard because it's made me grow as an artist so much. It's also, I mean, realistically for me, the hardest part is that it's a creative endeavor that also relies on four other human beings outside of myself, which is like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a meme, but you know, the death of all tabletop RPG campaigns, just scheduling issues. It does really suck sometimes when someone can't make a Monday, me included. Uh, we record on Mondays or just like stuff comes up. Right. And there's just, mm-hmm. the podcast wouldn't be the same without all of us, but also with all of us, It's just rough, especially when um, we're kind of all on mic, right? None of us are in the background. So, like, if someone has a bad day, everyone kind of has a bad day um, and stuff like that. But, yeah, I I mean, I would never want to do it by myself, nor could I. Could you imagine that? i am just, like, (laughs) change my voice. I'm just four players and a GM. That would be awful. (laughs) Um, But... I, that, yeah, it's just, it's whenever you have more people involved with creative stuff, it gets more complicated, for better or worse. Um, thankfully for us, it's for better 90% of the time, but the 10% of the time can be rough. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, I gotta say, I agree. Like, the scheduling thing, like, we actually did the same thing. Our set schedule is like a Sunday as our recording for four hours. So mm-hmm. we only meet every other Sunday. And if something Mm. comes up, it was the, like, because one of the things we believe in is life comes first is we'll just cancel. If, like, if there's enough of us together, we might, like, record something on the side or we'll just throw on a game and just live stream. But, yeah, no, scheduling, like, yeah, when, when we talked about this, I got, I was pretty avid about, you know, I need at least one Sunday a month to make recordings because I wanted to release weekly mm-hmm. and uh, I lucked out that my team's been pretty good about you know letting me know ahead of time hey you know can't make it can't make it we'll, we'll mo- work around things or there's been a couple of times they're like hey we can't do it Sunday but we can do it Saturday can we record for like two hours on Saturday and I'm like yeah the heck let's do it
1: hmm yeah it's a uh, I, I agree with the uh, life come first comes first thing. I always tell all the guys that like yeah we put on a show but if like you guys are having a bad time we're like it's not only is it like I don't want to do it because it's like bad for you guys but also I really think that it would come through in the show you know like if you listen mm-hmm. and someone clearly doesn't want to be there for whatever reason valid or not mm-hmm. um I, I feel like the audience is going to pick up on that no matter what so even outside of all that stuff but yeah it can be Yeah. It's also, uh, I don't know if you feel this way, but sometimes it's hard for me to draw the line on like when I need to take time or something because it's like the pressure of four other people can be good and bad or just however many people you have because it can mean you do things that you wouldn't normally do when you like need to do them. Everyone gets lazy and everyone needs a kick in the butt. The four guys Mm -hmm. are good at giving me a kick in the butt. We're all good at giving each other kicks in the butt when we need it. But it also Mm -hmm. sometimes is like, do I really need to get this done? Or am I just allowing the pressure of not wanting to let the audience and my friends down weigh me down? And I could just take a day to, I don't know, relax. You know what I mean? So it's definitely a balancing act as with everything's in life. But yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. How, how long has your, been, your podcasting going on?
1: That's a good question. I don't actually know when we started because we record each season... Probably over the course of three or four months. Probably three to five, Mm -hmm. actually. And then we have probably one to three months off where I prep the next season. Um, And we're always ahead. So, like, right now we're a couple sessions into season three. um, And we're getting towards the end of season two. So we're, like, very far ahead in the recording, so to speak, of what's being released as to what we're... Um, playing through like the stuff currently being released for our podcast we recorded like four to five months ago which is kind of wild to think about because it feels like yesterday time flies um yeah but so we started recording season one way before we started releasing it so it's release wise i think we just crossed a year in august of releasing it's probably been closer to a year and a half i'm Mm -hmm. not actually sure so we were about we're literally half you you guys, you guys are three years. We're a year <laughs> and a half.
0: Okay, so yeah, 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 yeah. I like I look back and I'm sitting there going, "Has it really been three years?" And then it's the like to me. I'm like, "No, nah, it hasn't been." And then I look at my recording schedule and because I keep on the website, we have like from first release to now and even mm-hmm. past that, depending on how fast I'm editing, and I'm just like. I am a freaking sociopath. Like this is ridiculous. I I've literally because I work a full time job, but then I also edit, and I got to the point where I had to make a schedule so I didn't burn out, and I still mm-hmm. burn out sometimes, and it's yeah, like that burnout sucks because I'm down for like two three days before I can get back under my feet.
1: Yeah, bur- yeah, it's yeah, it's tough, and I I feel like it's I'm not saying that. I don't value what the players bring. I don't want that to come mm-hmm. across in any way at all. And I'm also not saying that like, this show is mine and you would be nothing without me. But like, uh, and it, some people might do it differently. Obviously you might have an editor or You might ha- that isn't your GM, but I am the GM and I also edit like you, I edit all this stuff together, right? So it's kind of weird sometimes for me to think about how little involvement some of the guys have in comparison to me. And what I mean by that is, like, I'm never not working on the podcast, really. Not a day goes by I don't do something, right? Whereas, like, in between seasons, the guys might go two months before they even touch something podcast-related, which is just—that's been a real struggle for me to, like, remember that and be like, oh, yeah, they need reminders about stuff, because for them it's been two months. For me, it's been two hours. um, And, uh, yeah, burnout's a really tough thing in all creative stuff. I, I also had to do the— I went through the exact same thing. I worked too, and then I uh, also edited and prep and we recorded whatever, but I, um, I I just went through the cycle of like every couple months I would like burn out for a couple days and it was just awful. The Pressure would just build and build and build and then you burn out, like you say. Mm-hmm. And I, that was something that's also really helped me is I like designate editing days. I'm like, all I do today if I work on the podcast is edit. And mm-hmm. it, I don't know, when you like, when you have something so big And so, like, I'm sure you feel this exact same way. There's never not something more you could do. You could prep more things. You could add lore to your world. You could edit further ahead. There's never some, like, there's never a reason to stop. You really have to, like, give yourself reasons to stop. Otherwise, as you say, you'll burn out because uh, you just can't do it forever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that's helped me out is I got a whiteboard in my office and I'll mind map stuff out so I can work on the show, but at the same time, I can just sit and stare at a mind map and let my brain focus in on that one adventure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like when we did the murder mystery, that took me six months to write. It was nuts. And I had to mind map everything so that clues lined up with people, people had the right thing. And it was just... Uh, Nightland has pretty much banned me from doing another murder mystery. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm fine with. Let me tell yeah. you, but I have to say, I think it's one of those things that every GM should do a murder mystery. Like I learned a lot about storytelling and mm-hmm. plot hole finding and all that.
1: I'll have to I'll have to reach out to you cuz we're planning I think ahead a lot and it's not going to come up in this campaign. But for campaign for a second campaign, I I want to do a serial killer mystery. Um, oh, which is not the same, but very similar, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really want to, like, take... Because, like I said, we our seasons are very, like... Not focus is the word, but they're very, like, start-end point, right? I want to have mm-hmm. one of these seasons in Campaign 1 kind of have a, a serial killer... in Campaign 2, have a serial killer backdrop where, like, through the whole season, there's a serial killer something going on, and it just, like, develops through the season, and obviously, depending on what they do in the roles, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, like yeah. you say, you got to... It, there'd probably be less than a murder mystery, I would assume, because um, there will probably be less overlap. And I don't know. But yeah, I, I mind maps are getting things on paper for me is huge. Anytime yeah. I have any idea, I need to write it or type it out somewhere. Otherwise, it will disappear forever. that's um, yeah, so a good way to stay we- focused on what you need to do
0: we have uh, in our discord we have a couple of lo- uh channels that are just for me and nightland that are only for like plotting i've got mm-hmm. stuff for like we we have channels like when i open up my discord if i have it fully opened i can't even see everything because there's so many like plot like we have the maximilian shop we have conversations about expos and like our social media and mm-hmm. then Uh, Mm -hmm. Because Nightland does all of our quality checking, I have a thing, a tab just for like what podcast edits I need to do. So
1: yeah, yeah, that's maybe I'll have to do that because one of the guys, Micah, who plays Renister, he he listens through all the episodes before he releases them and gives me notes, but he just texts them to me. Um, it might be nice to have a place where I could just like reference them without scrolling through text.
0: I absolutely suggest having, and this is for all podcasters. If you have someone to do quality checking and you've got a Discord, a locked channel just between you and that other person, and it's literally just like our shorthand is like EP, the number, and then just time code with the edits that need to happen.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: Like, and it, it's been a time saver because it's the it'll be the oh yeah no we heard this error at this point i could just go in see the time code walk over to my editing software pull up the time code and it's oh yeah no i hear what's going on mhm so
1: yeah yeah it's made me uh doing this has made me really appreciate people who edit things for a living even just like text like going through yeah. something and picking out problems is such a skill i didn't know was like as trainable as it is until i started mm-hmm. doing this yeah, it's wild. So I actually have
0: one more question, and this has actually been kind of, like, since I listened to your show when I can. Mm-hmm. How did you guys come up with Renestir? Because he is... he At least, I, I'm not super far um, into the season because I got sidetracked doing other stuff, but... Uh,
1: yeah, that's fine. It happens to all of us. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: know that he is... I don't want to say he's undead, and he's not really a vampire, but he is definitely undead adjacent how did you guys yeah. come
1: up with undead facts? adjacent is a great way to put it well so in pathfinder second edition there is already something he is a dampier all of none of that i made it's just already in there and dan have this very special they basically have a tr- being a damper basically means you are not technically undead but you do have negative healing Which means you heal from negative stuff and you are damaged by positive stuff. So, as you say, it's like this. Yeah, it's like this weird gray area where he is both undead, but it's kind of like when you're like, uh, uh, I don't know how to put it, but he's like, uh, he's both not, like, undead would not consider him fully undead, but he's also clearly not fully living. Um, But yeah, I think that just came up because. Oh, it's so hard to remember. It was so long ago. I mean, it was all <laughs> Micah's idea, who plays steer He just wanted... I think he just w- w- liked the idea. I, I think what it was is he wanted to be... He's a champion, which is kind of... Uh, for d or any people in uh, like high fantasy circles, it's kind of like the paladin class. Um, Paladin is technically like a subclass of the champion in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, but that's what you're thinking of when you think champion. And he really wanted to not be a typical goody two-shoes paladin slash champion type.
0: But he kind of is.
1: Yeah, yeah, which is what's interesting about it. And I think it's, yeah, it's fun because he's, like you say, the thing that's come up a lot is that... um, our healer can't technically heal him all that well because mm-hmm. he doesn't heal from positive energy, which mm-hmm. is um, has been something. All right, but yeah, I I don't know. I when I when I think about it, he's both. I mean, there's a lot of moments where he is kind of the typical stalwart paladin, but it's it's I, something about it. it it, like you say it's just it's it's such a it adds such a layer to it that he's like undead but he's not it's also interesting mm-hmm. to think about playing a character that has literally died
0: um, yeah the mental
1: yeah um, yeah which is which is something because it's it's you know it's I like the more I've played tabletops the more I like characters that aren't just like I'm a prodigy at what I do and I come from this thing or uh that kind of like typical adventure yeah yeah so it's it's kind of cool it's been really fun to have a character that like just has literally died like literally died Mm -hmm. and come back to life it puts a lot of stuff in perspective and it's also so it's become so normal right it's kind of i kind of have to remind myself when i'm playing npcs that if that comes up that they should be quite shocked about it because for Mm -hmm. the party it's like so normal now but just the other day, I think he mentioned that he had died to somebody in season three, and I had to remind myself to be like, "Oh, that's freaking crazy! Like, what do you mean you died?" Yeah, I,
0: I know that in his introduction, in the very first episode, you see him like you're you hide that he is undead pretty well because like I'm sitting there going like listening in that his description, and I'm like, okay, he's not, he's either just a really old dragonborn or lizard folk or there's something going on. Then it was like, I think there's like some offhanded comment where he can't be healed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's like a paladin with a curse. This is a, a pretty, and like the more they describe it. And then like I think when they describe his goddess for the first time, I think it clicked that he is not living. Yeah. But he's not really a paladin. So my brain was, y- you had me stumped for a while
1: yeah he also picked a perfect ancestry to like keep that under wraps because lizard folk like lizard folk scales come in all colors mm-hmm. a, a paler lizard folk doesn't seem as off as like a starkly pale humanoid normal more yeah. humanoid like human skin something in terms of vampiric uh, also they already have sharp teeth so his canines mm-hmm. are just like a little bigger maybe so it, it that also wouldn't give it away um vampires often have pointed ears as well in i don't know if that's a normal pathfinder thing or something i came up or i chose i don't know whatever but he also doesn't have conventional ears so that can't give it away which was not intentional in any way he didn't pick lizard folk to be like so to keep it hidden bonuses yeah which is kind of why we ran with it a little bit in the beginning um because Mm. it was so easy to keep under wraps visually um, whereas in a lot of cases you would describe him and be like, okay, yeah, something vampiric's going on there. Um, yeah. It's also, because of that, I feel like it's pretty easy to forget sometimes that it is, like, vampiric undeath that he is and not just, like, more conventional undeath, which is... Yeah, That
0: that's definitely something you can easily forget when mm-hmm. uh, you are you listen, like, if it doesn't come up. Like, I think the whole thing with the, the forest... The, the elves in the forest, like mm-hmm. it doesn't really come up, and I actually forgot about it for a while, and then it came up, and I went, Oh, oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, the and then he needs to get back on, yeah. Then he needs to get healed, and things are, yeah. <laughs> and everybody's like, That oh, has no. got to be
0: one of my favorite things. of, I need to heal you, you
1: can't, yeah, but yeah, I, it...
0: I need to heal you, you
1: can't. It's great because Taylor is aiming, forgets it, it feels like every time, and it's. It's great, yeah. He's like, I'll cast you on Maybe like, really oh. just
0: out to get him.
1: Yeah, he's like, oh, oops, I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, so is there anything else you would like to share about your show before we uh, call this episode a wrap? Episode, interview, whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah. This thing. Yeah, we're in, we're in GM mode. Uh, yeah. Yeah, as I said, we're Dying 5, Pathfinder 2nd Edition podcast tagline we've been going by is telling a good story having a good time telling it as we've talked about one of the characters but our story is very character driven narrative focused not a lot of combats i try to keep them pretty important when they do come up with stakes and all that jazz uh new episodes every wednesday as always thanks for having me dan hopefully sometime down the road me and eddie can go on another adventure (laughs)
0: i mean heck if it comes down to it i might just do a one-on-one with you and eddie i mean that would be that would be crazy (laughs) it would especially Uh. since it would be after yeah i i I will have to put something in the works and i do have the note for like the eddie sparks multiverses up on my whiteboard for Uh a eventually need to figure out how to plan and that's going to be a fun episode because i'll have to record it all by my lonesome
1: yeah, that will. That would be crazy. Uh, but yeah, you thought the murder mystery was gonna be tough. <laughs> yeah, the to plan.
0: Just get. I'll just get four mics and put them in my office, and then just run between the mics.
1: Yeah, and then you just leave in the running. Yes, yeah. your foot, your footsteps between everything. <laughs> uh. Yeah. So, uh,
0: again, thank you so much, Jack, for not only joining us on this interview, but for joining us for the collab. And that collab wouldn't be out yet, so you guys are going to enjoy hearing Jack's rendition of I forget which character he played.
1: Uh, I know he was in a... Man, I forget his... Oh, Spuds. Spuds. Spuds, that's right. And and we
0: do... Yep. We, uh... We, we are definitely going to have him back on. If you want to catch the collab where me and him were players together, you should check out Big Campaign, and it was the Royale.
1: Yeah. Uh, Casino Library Royale. Royale. Library, Library Royale, I think.
0: Yeah, because son of a bitch, I'm in.
1: Yep, yep, Yeah. I <laughs> know. I remember. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so Stay tuned and you'll get to hear his uh promo and all of his linky bits and bobs will be in the description if you want to check out and of course he is in our discord he he should stay in it he's been in the discord for a while so he'll be in the discord if you guys want to catch up or mm-hmm. you can join their discord which you will find in their link block
1: yeah we uh, uh i'm not very active on discord a lot of the time but i lurk a lot so i am here i'm just watching in the background Like a weird Oh, Also, I have go ahead. Also, uh, congrats on three years. I know I I messaged it it to you, but yeah, that's like you said, that's wild. Time flies, it 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 does.
0: does. Can't wait until I hit 10.
1: Yeah, oh (laughs) goodness, (laughs) I could not imagine how many
0: episodes I would have under my belt at that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, math was like close to 500, right.
0: Well, if we, we're at three years and we're at just about 170-something, yeah, that'll, that, that's about right. Yeah. I don't want to think about it. That's scary. That's uh, a lot of yeah. editing hours. <laughs>
1: Ugh. Yeah.
0: So definitely check out the show. It's def- If you're into Pathfinder D&D and you want a new spin on it, he's got a really interesting spin on it.
1: Thank you. I appreciate no it. No problem.
0: You, you approve?
1: yeah yeah (laughs) this message is approved by gm jack of dying five
0: seal of approval all right thank you again and uh yeah thanks for having me that's it no problem uh and everyone else stay tuned for the next interview bit i'm not sure who's next so
1: yeah you'll figure it out in post
0: yeah in post yeah and that's it i super appreciate you doing this this makes my one year one year three year whatever however many years (laughs) i'm at so much better because i'm getting more